Ask Zig, what is your CCXE methodology? Episode 20. Happy New Year, everyone. Hey, Ziglets, nerds, and geeks alike. Welcome back for another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known as Zig in this community, and I am your host. Hey everyone, good morning, welcome back. It's a new year, happy 2018. I'm excited, um, it, except for the cold. I don't know if where everyone else is in the U.S. and all that in, in the world, but um, here in uh, New Hampshire in the U.S., it is very cold out. Um, it has been in the negatives a lot lately, and the wind chill factor, it's just been cold. I've wanted to just hunker down in my office and just stay there every day, so... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're just running, you know, we're, 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 we are fighting that cold right now and hopefully it'll warm up in the next couple of days, but it is definitely cold out. So, <clears throat> all right, let me, uh, enough about the cold. Um, I hope everyone had a great holiday break and we're back into it today. Uh, today we have a, um, an ask zig kind of question segment, um, from our good friend, Bill in Canada, uh, Canadian, um, on the show, right? So, um, Bill sent this question last year in the end of November, early December, and I'm just getting to it now, so hopefully that's okay, Bill. I do apologize for how long it's taken to get back to you, uh, but here you are uh, on the show. So um, Bill has asked this question, what is your CCXE methodology? And I think this is a really interesting question. Before I dive into the answer, Bill, I would like to thank you for the question. I, I appreciate the question. I appreciate you Um uh, I, I, you know, I love to answer questions. So thank you again for spending the time to send a quick email uh, my way so we could uh, add this question to the show. So, all right. So <clears throat> for this question, the first thing I would like to kind of state is I think this is a little subjective. I think it's um, depends on your, your personal situation. It depends on your, um, your viewpoint and, and where you are and what what you kind of need help with and what you don't. So, um, you know, I think it can be subjective. Um, and so I think why I'm saying that is because I, I've kind of wrote sound some outline here of the things I would like to talk about in this, this question. It's a long answer. So, but, um, I think it's just keep in mind that what I say here is for me, um, and it might not exactly be the same for each and every one of you, but it might. So just keep that all in mind. So general items at a high level, again, it's subjective. Um, you know, right or wrong, this is just my viewpoint. Um, and the first kind of idea here is that you know we need to we need to understand the certification that you're testing on, right? Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, which I, I think a lot of people might miss that point, right? So we need to really understand what certification you're you're going after and then how they are testing you. Because again, at the in the end of it all, it's just a test. That's all it is. It's uh, you know, it's a hard test. It's not an easy test. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of technology is not stuff. A lot of um information, a lot of technology, a lot to know. Um on these these exams, these certifications. So obviously, you know, understanding what they're testing you and how they're testing you um, and why they might be asking you the questions that they're asking you or, you know, having you deploy a certain technology, you know, um, understanding that technology, understanding that the pitfalls of that technology with other technologies will be very helpful, right? So 
The next thing on that topic is um, obviously understand the certification, understand uh, what they're testing you, but really the blueprint, right? Everything is blueprint blueprint driven, um, and you really want to make sure that you you understand the blueprint um, and everything on the blueprint. Um, that that is extremely important on all these certification exams. Um, and I'll give you kind of a, an ad a, a one off here that every every. CCIE and CCDE that I've gone through, and I've only, I've only, I've gone through three, right? Personally, if you don't know me, um, I've gone through three, and uh, you know, there's people out there that have gone through eight or seven or six, you know, and, and five or four. But um, I think I can make an educated or um, an experienced uh, uh, point here that um, I don't think you can be successful without really going through the blueprint. Um, the blueprint is um, kind of a key; it's a guide, and um, I th- I've always done like an Excel document, um, taking the blueprint, um, had a, a line item for everything in the blueprint, and then had a grade for where I thought I was. And then if anything was not up to the expert level, in my opinion, then I had to go back through and redo it. Um, and that's usually my, my high level first step is to grade myself. So just as a high level, you know, if you're going to go down this path um, and you're going to go after one of the, the CCIEs or the CCDE, you know, maybe grading yourself and seeing where you rate and being honest, you know, don't don't assume that, you know, um, BGP. BGP is huge. You know, not a lot of people in the world know everything about BGP. Um, I would say that number is pretty low. So, um and as you go down the, the CCIE path specifically, you're going to learn a lot more that you don't know about a technology. So, you know, be honest with yourself. And I think that's probably one of the biggest um, points to make um, throughout this journey if you do decide to go down, uh, you know, a CCIE or a CCD. Um, the next thing is, uh, you know, strategic versus technical. And I, I kind of, or strategy versus technical, not strategic. So strategy versus techni- technical. And I, I have this point here because... I think it's important to note that every all these exams, there's a strategy perspective and there's a technology perspective. Um, and we, as a community, and I'm making a, a, a not maybe an assumption here. Um, we as a community, or, or a comment, um, we as a community spend so much time and effort on the technical side. And I think that that's great, right? Because we do need to know all the technology on these exams. Um, but these exams are... Once you start sitting down and, and you're starting the exam, it's now a strategy. It, it's now, you know, you have a time limit and whatever the exam you're doing, you have sections with time limits. You have to get so many points and so much time. Um, so now it's a matter of strategy. And if you're not preparing your strategy um, for the exams, then that, that could really hurt you. You know, you might know all the technology in the world, but if you're not prepared from a strategy perspective, um, you might not have enough time to complete the exam. You know, you might... Uh, not have enough points, you might complete the exam and not, you know, you just need to have a strategy. And I, I give you some examples and I'll put some in the show notes as well. So, um, and, I, and, and just to be fully transparent, I'm not, <clears throat> I am not trying to downplay the level of importance of the technology side. Uh, I mean, these, you know, you do need to know all the technology um, and depending on the exam, you know, you need to know how to implement it or you need to know the, the pros and cons to a technology versus another technology. Um, but again, once the once the exam starts, I, I, my viewpoint is it's it's a strategy type of exam now. You know, you've done all you can do from a technology perspective. Um, now it's your strategy, and if your strategy hasn't been honed out, then you know you could be at a, a disadvantage during the exam. Um, I, I think it's I think it's um, assumed, not assumed. I think it's a. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, guys. Um, I think it is a good statement to say that you control the technical side of the exams. And I mean that specifically by the fact that um, you can look at the blueprint and you can make sure you know everything on the blueprint before you go on site, you know, before you schedule the lab, before you fly to the lab location or whatever, you know, you can make sure that you know the technical side of the house and you may miss a few things. You may not remember something, right? Um, but in the grand scheme of things, you really shouldn't have an issue with the technology. And if you do, and it, it'll show up during the exam, you'll, it'll be obvious. For example, if you don't know IPv6, right, and you need to implement it, well, you know, if you don't know it, how are you going to implement it, right? And that's just a high-level example. Um, another one would be like, uh, if you don't know how to um, how route redistribution works between different protocols. Um, and you don't know the pitfalls around that and how routing loops can form. Uh, how are you going to foresee them when you're in the lab, right? If you're doing an IE lab, uh, like, like the route switch exam or the service fighter exam, how are you going to see those routing loops happen before they happen? Or how are you going to know they happened? You know, is there a, you know, how are you going to know to check that, Hey, there's a routing loop or how are you going to know the symptoms? So, and those are just some high-level examples of the technical side. Those are things that you can control before the exam even starts. Um, now, going over to strategy again here. Um, so the technical side, again, you control it, I think, um, before the exam even starts. And I think at a high level, you control the strategy as well. Um, and I, I kind of touched on it a little bit a second ago. I think the... Um, the strategy for these exams is a average point per minute ratio. So you want to get as many points as possible um, per minute throughout the exam to equal or um, get to a certain level, right? A certain percentage um, throughout the exam. Now, each exam is different and we'll go into them at a high level in a little bit. But um, again, you want to have a good average of points per minute ratio. And I think if you, if you take that mentality, um, I think you could be very successful with these exams because it's not a matter of getting every little thing right. It's not that. You can't be a perfectionist like I was or tried to be or a lot of my friends try to be. You know, you're, you can't go in it like, I'm going to get everything right. That is not the, the good way to go into it. It's not a good mindset. Um, you really need to have an average point per minute ratio that is um, uh, around 80 to 85% for the entire exam. And I can uh, give you some examples in the show notes on how something like that would look for you um, specifically. The next thing is your mindset. And I, I kind of mentioned it a second ago in the points per minute ratio section. Um, your mindset is extremely important with these exams. Um, there's a number of things that go into your mindset. Um, stress is one, right? Um, and, and stress can be the biggest issue for some, um, never taking the exam, flying to the exam, spending a lot of money, time, effort. Um, and then the stressor of seeing, oh, I'm not doing good during the exam. Um, you really have to handle your stress level. However, that works for you. You know, I don't have the answers for how you specifically handle your stress level, but you got to really figure out how to handle your stress level of the exam, and the situation that you're in. Um, now, for the two CCIEs that I took, I was able to handle my stress level personally on those two exams. Um, I was able to pass them both on the first attempt. Um, that does not mean I didn't have any stress. So don't don't think that like I went in there um, easygoing and ready to do it. I was ready to do it, but I had a ton of stress. All right. Um, but I want to make it clear that 
um, when I sat down and started those exams, um, a lot of it was my strategy. It wasn't, you know, a lot of my strat, my the way I did my strategy and prepared appropriately for that, it relaxed me, uh, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. So, um, to help you, you got to find a way to handle that stress because you're going to be stressed definitely. Um, now, you know, that was a that was a positive point on the CCIEs, right? The on the other hand, the CCDE, um, no, I didn't, I did not handle my stress appropriately for the the uh, design certification. Um, the first two times I took that exam, so you know, there, there's a there's good and bad here, and it's lessons learned, right? So, and I'll make this other point that um, without failure, we don't learn. So keep that in mind. You know, everyone fails. Um, it's it's kind of what you do when you fail. It's it's how you learn from it. So don't don't assume that everyone in this this industry hasn't failed. Everyone's perfect. That's not the case. No one's perfect, right? So, and that, that took me a long time to realize that. So, um, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. It's what you do when you make those mistakes, right? So, um, the next mindset topic is, is something that's big to me, um, preconceived notions. And I'm sure some people out there that know me and know my experience with the, the certified, the Cisco certified design expert attempts that I took, preconceived notions was a big deal. Um, I had a ton of preconceived notions going into those exams and those pre- preconceived notions really, really hurt me. Um, and it's not exactly um, something that you want to bring into those exams as preconceived notions. And I'll give you a high level example, right? Um, for the Cisco Certified Design Expert exam, you don't want to go in with outside information like um, MPLS L3 VPN is more expensive than MPLS L2 VPN. You know, it might be more expensive out in the world, right? In your your location in the world or, you know, your, um, if you're like, I live in New Hampshire and Boston area, uh, MPLS L3 VPN is usually more expensive than MPLS L2 VPN. Well, I would bring that information to the exam and make decisions based on that. And that is not appropriate. You want to leave all your preconceived notions at the door. Um, I don't see this an issue on the CCIEs, but it might be. I'm not 100% sure. So is um, the CCIEs are a little bit more uh, transactional, like meaning like, you know, you can do something and then you can validate it, right? So you can do um, whatever the test is asking you to do. You configure something and now you can do a show command to validate what you did is accurate. Whereas the CCDE is not like that. Um, you make a choice and you got to deal with that choice. So there's no, there's no way to know if that choice was the correct choice or not. Um, so that kind of di- uh, dives right into the specifics, right? So um, I'm going to go over the CCI specifics, uh, give you kind of a high level ratio. Um, and I hope this helps you, Bill, and everyone else that's listening, all the other Ziglets out there. Um, so strategy versus technical ratio. Um, the CCI, I would say, is 75% strategy and 25% technical. Um, that, that's kind of a high level. And again, I'm not trying to downplay the technical side of the house, but your strategy needs to be key. Your strategy is is what you're going to rely on on all these exams, in my opinion. Um, and depending on the CCIE, um, or impor- more importantly, um, how it is broken up in your strategy, right? So, um, for example, in some of the CCIEs, there's multiple sections and you have time limits. Um, again, you want the highest verified point per minute you can get. Um, so it's that point per minute ratio. Um, and in the exams that I've taken, I've always kind of written that down. Um, spent a, a marginal small amount of time to validate where I was on my percentage. You know, so if the exam is a multiple section, like I think the route switch exam still is, um, then maintain this point 
point average in each section um, to equal between 80 to 85% is, is kind of a key. Um, and again, like I said, you can verify your points throughout the exam, and that's huge. Um, you know, if you're in the troubleshooting section, you can verify that everything's working, each ticket, right? You can verify each ticket's good. Um, you can put a little checkbox or a mark saying you verified it, and you have a good understanding that that ticket and those points for that ticket, if it's two, three, four points, you have those points. And then if let's say you have 10 tickets, you can add up the points for all tickets and then add up the points for the ones you think you've got right, you verified, and then do a ratio real quick, division or whatever. And you could be able to tell real quick that, hey, yeah, I have 75% or hey, I have 90%, right? And then the next topic is, okay, if you have a couple questions that you don't have verified, do you spend the time on them? If you're already at 80, 85%, then why, why, you know, why spend the time on these other questions? If you're sure you got the other ones right, you verified them, then you have to make a call on saying, okay, well, I'm done with troubleshooting. I'm going to move into, you know, the next section and have more time, right? It's, it's, again, it's, it's an exam and it's getting the most points you can get per minute that you can get, right? Um, and uh, the next thing is, Track your tasks. Um, I can't emphasize it enough. Track your tasks. Track the point value and the time you completed it. Give yourself some uh, um, kind of idea of where you are in the exam. Um, I will show you a screenshot of what I would have done on one of these exams. Uh, I'll write it out and show you the different task numbers and points and then time spams and and give you an idea. I think uh, INE has a couple like that too. So, um, and I might have, um, I gotta get credit to them. I might have taken what they had and modified it for myself. So um, just to give that out there. The CCD specific items. So the strategy versus technical um, ratio is a little different. Um, 85% strategy and 15% technical. And um, the, the reason why I do this is because there's a lot of things within this strategy that's important for this exam. Um, not that it's not important for the CCIEs. Um, the technical stuff is important as well, but you're not implementing on these exams. You're not there writing, uh, you know, sending the keyboard, typing commands on, on the CCD uh, exam, but you are going through and doing a lot of reading and highlighting and, and understanding what they're asking you. So knowing you know, knowing those concepts, those are kind of strategy items is reading, um, highlighting, skim reading, um, taking, pulling out information out of the, the text because it's a, it's a, it's a reading comprehension exam. So pulling out that information and then, um, understanding that information is a requirement or not a requirement or constraint driver, whatever, and then making decisions based on that. So it's, in my opinion, it's, it could even go a little higher on this strategy point. 85% might be a little low, but um, there still is a lot of technology and you need to know a lot more than just one track. It's not like you need to know just route switch. You need to know route switch, service provider, security, some data center, and, and possibly some more depending on the exam. Um, Again, it's a lot of information that you have to be able to, to correlate and, and understand very quickly um, and make decisions in a very um, fast-paced, timed exam. Um, I kind of touched on this already, but uh, no way to verify your answers like that of the CCI exams, right? So you, you have to have the mental fortitude. Um, you must be able to say, yep, I made a decision and I'm good with that and I'm moving on. Um, and, and the reason why I make this comment is because it's a huge mental mindset shift, mental shift, um, from you know, a CCI exam. You have to be okay with what you choose and not let it affect you. Um, for example, you could choose, let's say you have an option to choose, um, I'm not going to give you a question. Just say you have an option that says MPLS, 
uh, L3 VPN, MPLS, L2 VPN, MPLS, uh, VP, or sorry, VPLS, um, and then L, uh, GRE tunnels, something along those lines, four options. Let's say you pick, because you think it's right, MPLS L3 VPN for whatever reason. Well, there could be a the next question that says, why? First off, why did you choose that? Um, and it's not open-ended. It'll be There'll be options, and you'll select the options. Um, but then there could be a follow-on level-setting uh, statement that comes out in the exam saying, hey, we went with MPLS L2 VPN. Um, now, the, the point here to make is that when they say that, um, it's a level set, and it's not to make you second-guess yourself. You know, you can't let yourself get second-guessed. You made your choice. You got to move on with it. Um, and they're making their choice. Um, for whatever reason, you know, so if you chose MPLS L3 VPN for something that made made sense to you, you got to own that, you got to move on, and you can't let it affect you the rest of the exam. So, and I will say I've let it, I had it affect me. So keep that in mind. Um, the next thing I would say is for the CCDE, more specifically than the CCIE, is it's the time management is key. I mean, it's, you know, you have a, a four hour block in the morning, a four hour block in the afternoon, and you really have to get through the scenarios pretty quickly to maintain that time. I personally had a lot of time issues on, on the CCD exam. So uh, that's why I make that key. Again, it's it's perspective. It's specific to me. Um, I had a lot of time, um, time issues, time management issues in the CCD exam specifically. Um, all right. So the next section that I would say, and I think that's probably obvious for most of you, but I would just kind of go ahead and say it because it's, it's a big deal in my mind is on either of these type of exams, any CCXE is, is practice, practice, practice. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's extremely important for you to practice. Um, I think there's a phased approach for each of these, right? There's a, I would say phase one where you're going through the blueprint and you're going through all the technologies in whatever fashion and you're learning it. So if it's a CCIE exam, you're labbing each individual technology. Um, and you're validating that you understand the theory, you understand the, the concepts, and you're labbing it out for some uh, follow-up work just so you understand the technology, right? So if you're learning OSPF, you're labbing out OSPF. You're learning, you know, RIP, you're, you're at, you know, labbing out RIP. You understand the technology, you understand the theory and whatnot. Um, same thing for the CCDE. You know, you're, you may not be labbing out the technology, but you might. I found it helpful. I know other other colleagues of mine found it helpful as well. Um, something sim- like something crazy difficult like multicast VPNs, for instance, in an in a MPLS environment or a carrier supporting carrier, a lot of those technologies, it's easier to, it's time consuming, but it's easier to lab them out to understand them, to help you uh, uh, emphasize that that theory and, and get a good solid understanding of that theory and, and uh, technology as a whole. Um, but besides those more difficult technologies, um, you're not needing to, to really lab them out. You, you could probably could just read them, understand the theory, um, talk to other people that have deployed it, um, understand the pros and cons, and then kind of correlate those pros and cons to other technologies. Now, that's phase one for both those types of exams. Um, once you get to a point, a tipping point, I would say, um, in your studies where you know the technologies, you know the, the concepts, you can lab them if you're doing you know, an IE lab, um, and then you go into what I call the full scale lab or mock lab, practical labs, whatnot. And that's where, you know, your strategy comes in, in my opinion, time management, um, validation, um, highlighting, reading, comprehension, um, skim reading, note taking, you name it. I mean, it's a number of things that go into that depending on what exam you're taking. So you can really spend a lot of time going over your strategy and honing your strategy. In addition to that, 
doing the practice labs and being as realistic as possible would be huge. Um, you know, you know, keep it. It's going to help your stress level. That's the first thing. Um, it's going to help your stress level. It's also going to make you better um, if you keep doing this. This is something that I do for about a month and a half, two months straight before I take an actual uh, lab. It's what I've done in the past. Now, um, some of the things to keep in mind uh, when you're doing practice, in my opinion, is time yourself, right? Um, time yourself. Make sure you're setting times. Um, for the IE labs, you may not finish it in eight hours. You might want to allow yourself to work on it the first couple times, 10, 12 hours, um, and then, and then, you know, as you get quicker, as you understand things, as you see things, you'll get, you'll be able to reduce that time. Um, for the CCDE, um, I would say keep it to eight hours because you're going to, you're not going to, um, have more time. Um, you can't really bring that down, uh, with the one hour break for lunch, make sure you have that one hour break. And, um, and I think some of the key things for the strategy would be like time yourself, review constantly, um, maintain your strategy. So whatever you do for your strategy, maintain it from t- attempt to attempt, um, practice to practice. If you find something wrong with your strategy, tweak it and then keep practicing it, right? If you have a good three or four um, practice labs of doing that new uh, strategy, if even if it's something small, like you're changing your highlighting color, or you know you're you're changing how you're tracking the tasks on an IE lab, make sure you practice, practice, practice that change. Um, specific to the the CCDE, um, you want to make sure you're stress testing your strategy for reading, highlighting, and note taking. Those are huge, right? And then I'd say time management. Make sure you're not spending ten minutes on a question. There's there's you know. There's only so much time on the CCE, and you could easily spend a lot of time on one question. You could dwell on it. Uh, I've done it in the past, and that could hurt you longer. Um, and that could hurt you future. Uh, sorry, that could hurt you later in the exam because you spent so much time on that one question that was maybe not as important because you want to see all the questions on the exam on that one. Um, the the kind of caveat to the CCDE is there's not a lot of practical scenarios out there, practice scenarios. Um, there are some. Um, I think when I was going through the CCDE, I had 12. Um, so I was able to run through 12 um, in a three-day cycle, do four each day. Um, but then I had a, a day break between. So I, it's really a six-day cycle for me. Um, but the problem with the CCDE is that you start to memorize the scenarios. So I, there are more coming out, and there are going to be a ton eventually out there that you can utilize. But just keep in mind that um, as you keep doing some of these, they become uh, memory, uh, muscle memory in your head on what tasks you need to do and how you need to do it. Um, So sometimes a good break between them is good. Um, For the CCIE, there's a ton of mock practical labs out there. INE, Micronics, uh, I think Cisco 365 or 360, uh, Cisco Expert Level Training, there's a ton. You can find them uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, You can make your own. I highly recommend making your own too. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Same thing for the CCDE. Make your own scenario and helps you understand what the, the testers are asking you when they ask a question. So um, I think that that kind of summarizes it, Bill. I hope. I hope. Um, first off, thanks again for your question. Um, it was a good question. Uh, long-winded, I know. Almost 30 minutes here, um, give or take a few. Um, I appreciate the question. I hope I answered it. Uh, uh, I hope my answer was sufficient for you. I know it was long-winded, but it was a hard question. Um, and I do appreci- appreciate each and every one of you out there. Each and every one of you. Um, I couldn't do this without you. Um, now, I would say that if you would like to be part of the Ask Zig kind of series, you can email your questions just like Bill did to feedback at zigbits.tech. Um, and I, I have a, a underlying kind of wish here. Honestly, um, if we can get enough questions from all of you, 
which I think we can. There's a ton of people out there with a ton of questions. I mean, even if you have three or four questions, you could send them my way um, because if we could get enough uh, questions, then we would answer one every day. That'd be awesome, I think, being able to answer one question, maybe not as long as this one, 30 minutes, um, but if we could answer one question every day, I would totally do that. I'd do one in the morning, every morning, maybe Monday through Friday, and I think you guys would, would enjoy that, uh, you know, between 10 to, to 30 minutes and, and be in and out and you get that, right? I think that'd be beneficial for each and every one of us. Um, So think about it. You have an easy question, hard question, send it my way, and uh, we will spotlight it and we will answer it on uh, the Ask Zig mini-series that we have here. Um, All right. So the next thing I have, and it's because of Tony in a couple episodes ago, Tony uh, Malika, uh, the term of the show, man. I'm excited about these. Um, I hope you are too. I like them. And uh, today's term is going to be hyper-converged infrastructure or HCI. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's ever heard of HCI before. I, I hope you have. Um, and and I wanted to kind of give you my perspective or my my understanding of what hyperconverged infrastructure was or is. Um, so, in my view, hyperconverged infrastructure is a software-defined IT infrastructure kind of thing. Uh, not thing. I got to stop saying thing. Sorry, everyone. It's a um, solution. I guess it's a solution architecturally architectural solution. Um, the idea here is that uh, everything's virtualized. All the elements, um, conventional elements that you would see hard- on, on the hardware side of the house are virtualized. So like for instance, um, you have a virtualized computing or hypervisor, for example. Um, you have the virtualized SAN. Um, so you have like a storage network. And then you have the virtualized networking, which is your traditional network. So you have the software-defined storage and you have software-defined networking. Um, and you can... I think that's the minimum that you can have. You can have a, to- a whole bunch more that it's software defined. Um, the it just brings in a whole other uh, possibility in this industry for hyperconverged infrastructure. Um, and the other thing to note is that um, for the most p- part, this runs on commercial off-the-shelf servers, right? So or COTS, um, so that it's not something that's specific to a vendor. You can run it on off-the-shelf servers, um, get it up and running, and now you have a a hyper-converged infrastructure that is, again, everything is kind of entwined. So you can manage it from the same kind of environment, meaning like um, your hypervisor, your storage network, your regular network can all be kind of managed from the same uh, instance or the same management front end or management plane, for example. It's a really cool kind of concept. There's a lot of vendors out there that have a lot of different solutions. Um, You could do a quick search and probably find the top 10 vendors out there, and we're not going into that. I just want you to know what hyper-converged infrastructure is. It's a cool, uh, people use it as a buzzword, first off, and it's it's kind of cool if you get into something like that, Um, but it's good to know. So hyper-converged infrastructure is our term for today. Um, And I hope that was uh, easy to understand. If not, let me know. Um, I don't personally have any updates as of now. I hope everyone had a great holiday break. And um, I look forward to talking to each and every one of you on the next episode. Um, My call to action for today, like every other episode as of the last, I don't know, six months or so, um, I don't need you to write a review. I don't need you to donate or sponsor anything. Um, they don't, you know, if you want to, by all means do those things. Um, but I don't ask you to do those things. I don't want you per se to do those things. I would prefer you to share this content with someone that you believe would benefit from it. If you like this content, if it, uh, 
makes you think about something and you enjoyed it, then please just share it with your friend, you know, coworker, colleague, um, share it with them and see if they would like it. I think uh, getting it out there with the people that you believe, you personally believe would like it would be beneficial. So without any further ado, that's it. That That's that's it for this week. Um, going to wrap up the show. If, um, if you liked today's episode, if it resonated something within you, if it inspired you in any point throughout the, the, the show today, um, please let us know. You can email uh, us at zigbits.tech. Sorry. You can email us at feedback at zigbits.tech. I forgot the feedback there. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook by searching for Zigbits. Um, am I forgetting something? I'm doing this from memory today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit zigbits.tech to join the conversation and access the show notes. Today's show notes will be at ask, uh, well, not askzig. Today's show notes will be at zigbits.tech slash 20. Just as a reminder, if you would like your questions answered on our show in the Ask Zig mini series, you can send them to feedback at zigbits.tech. Please do, because I would love to answer your questions on the next episode. Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide you with real-world context around technology. Bye for now.